Dwight Bain likes to imagine that we are sitting at a coffee shop together and we are just talking. And so I want you to join us at that table today. Dwight and I really dig deep into the idea of being a fake plastic religious person. And I knew if I brought that up, he would really get passionate because it really touches something in his soul because he used to be that person, just fake and plastic and and me too. There's a freedom that we long for, and that's what we talk about on today's show. So I hope you can stay with us for a few minutes. And I want to say thank you to Cure International for making today's show possible. Cure Heals Kids. Those are three incredible words put together. Cure Heals Kids. And then they make it a priority to tell the families at the hospital about the God who loves them so very much. Find out more about helping cure or writing a letter to a child or just see some of their beautiful faces when you come to lifewithlisawilliams.com. Click on Cure. I'm just a radio girl. I love things that talk to me. You LOL. I did. I truly laughed out loud. So this may be the dumbest thing in the whole world, but it worked on me. There's a dog chasing a train. Ian Fido. Hey, Natalie. How old are you? I will pray with you now. Before you leave, I have to pray with you. I'm here for the people in the hood. You know, Jesus is my very, very best friend. Pray without ceasing, which is not some sort of so heavy I can't do it command. It is this breath of fresh air that I am involved in what God is doing in the earth today. I'm Lisa. I'm great. Everything's fine. Somebody just wrote on my Facebook page, please get your mom on Facebook. We want to be her friend. Do you want to be on Facebook? What is that? Are you on Twitter? I talked to the mailman. Is that Twitter? <laughs> Life with Lisa Williams is like a cave. Run around in the sun. Exactly. Put a sprinkler in the yard. This is life. This is This, this, is, this is life. This is life. 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 This is Life with Lisa Williams. You know, I was explaining to somebody this morning, I said, you just need to build some friends. And I talked about how you and I have been friends for, you know, what, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I said, you just need some godly people in your life who are able to, you know, kind of see past past the, 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 the mask and just, you know, help you get real and stay real. Because if you don't have that, mm-hmm. uh, it's not going to end well. And you're yeah. not going to get that for an hour in church. You need people Friends. who will challenge yes. you. And I said, there's this woman in Colorado named Lisa Williams, and she's one of those people for me. Oh, man, Dwight, what a privilege. You know, it's just such a privilege to to be a friend to someone. And I find that the healing that's been happening in my life over the last several months um, has allowed me to be a closer friend to many because of, instead of being afraid of being real because they may not like me. They may reject me. You know, they may walk away from me. I will be alone. So I'm going to control everything and be perfect friend. Now that I'm kind of raw and messy and honest and angry sometimes, yeah. the friends that I have are so much, it's so much richer because they stayed my friends and <laughs> let me see they're messy too, you know? <sighs> Yeah, that's what church is supposed to be. I'm screwed up. You're screwed up. We're all screwed up, but Jesus loves me. Yes, we are messy. We are human. He loves us. And where I get, you know, angry, where the fire comes in me, and I feel like in, in Dwight too, it's it's religious. It's, hey, look how perfect and fake I am. Be perfect and fake like me. 
And the world, they smell it. They smell it out, man. They call it. They're like, you're just fake. They're often more real than people who are Christians who live in these weird spaces. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh, That was one of the things we taught our kids when they moved out to go to college. Uh, It was, okay, so there's going to be a date on milk and cheese and lunch meat. And that date's kind of a suggestion. So just because it doesn't say that date yet doesn't mean necessarily that that's still fresh. Use your nose. Because if it doesn't smell right, (laughs) it ain't right. And there are some religious things I've gone to. And before, it was like, I guess I'm supposed to do this because it's religious. But now... Nah, I'm a, if it doesn't pass the smell test, if it doesn't smell right, it's not right. <laughs> this don't smell right. It's, people it's can like, sniff it out. They sniff it out, and there's a lot of things my my little ADD brain could go to that were completely inappropriate. I'm not gonna, but I'm just gonna say, <laughs> in a situation where you feel like this is just a little too too religious, and this doesn't smell like Jesus, then you know what? I think that there's a great idea of just moving on down the highway. Yeah, so if you want to get Dwight Bain riled up, you want to get Dwight Bain speaking from his passion point in his soul, get him to start talking about religious people. But you know why? You know why? You know why I get so worked up about it? Because that was me. Yeah. Man, a long time before I met Jesus, I knew how to be religious. I knew how to wear the mask. I knew how to lie and tell people, I'm fine. Yeah, we're fine. We don't have any problems. No, <laughs> man, we are religious people. Our kids don't have problems. We don't have money problems. We don't have health problems. We are fine. Now, excuse me while I go eat two cartons of Ben and Jerry's by myself. <laughs> Leave me alone. And I'm going to judge you for smoking weed, but I'm going to go over here and gorge myself on ice cream. Leave me alone, you little pervert. <laughs> Wait, now that for you, it's smoking weed was not directed at me because I live in Colorado. <laughs> no, but Colorado I knew the joke. second I said that, the second I said that, I thought she's going to take it personal. So right this second, what are you, what are you token right this second? I am not smoking weed for the record. I did have some chocolate at 10 a.m., but I, you know, there's, I do live in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, people make weed jokes about Colorado all the time. And I'm always like, come on, you guys. That's so silly. But when I was at the Broncos world champion Super oh, the Bowl parade. parade, like my friends that were with me, like, can you smell it? And I'm like, well, I was wondering what that was. It smells like a sweet skunk. And they're like, there That's you go. It. That's it. Well, listen, I, I got called out. <laughs> I was teaching, um, a group at a psychiatric hospital where I worked. And it was a group of teenagers, and they were in there for this or that. And it was a locked unit in a psychiatric facility. And I was talking about the dangers of smoking weed, the entry-level drug. And I'll never forget this, because this girl just kind of leaned forward. Because none of these kids, there were like 10 kids in this group. None of them were listening. And one of them leaned forward and said, so you're telling me that me smoking weed is worse for me than you being clinically obese? What would you say? I didn't have anything to say. I tried to out-talk her, but she would called me out. Yeah, right? Everybody's she got an addiction. Everybody's got an addiction. Yeah. You know, we all need Jesus. He's the only answer. You know, someone told me yesterday, you should try to be addicted to things that are good for you. They, they said they quoted some, um, uh, you know, survey or whatever that was done of elderly people who were super healthy. And the top responses were, don't be addicted to things except for being outdoors. Um, you know, moving. You know, they were like, be addicted to like healthy food and healthy relationships. Healthy just stuff, be, yeah. Yeah, being addicted to that kind of stuff. Uh, I want to go back to religious people because I just, I love it when you get worked up. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> like, this will tick him off. Yeah, let's do this. Years and years and years ago, this was like 1995. My husband and I were separated 
but nobody knew it. It was bad. We were going through a really bad couple of months and didn't know we were going to make it. And I was at church and I was like standing at the back door. I was a greeter and people were leaving the church. And this man who was in ministry and I knew him pretty well, he said, Lisa, how are you doing? And I said, I'm great. I am doing great. I am fine. Thank you. I'm great. And he looked at me really hard and he goes, you don't have to say that. How are you really doing? And I went, I am fine. (laughs) I am fine. Thank you. (laughs) Because in my mind, I had to be fine because I'm a Christian and I'm working in ministry and I have to be fine. I cannot fall apart. And that's just weird to me as I look back now. Well, listen, here's why. And the reason I do get angry about it, and I don't get angry about a lot of things. I mean, people no, you know, make you up and, 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 yeah. and do horrible things and they're really selfish and they're immature and they're, and they're prideful and mean. Well, you know, Jesus forgave me from all that stuff. So I don't get mad at broken people for acting broken. Uh, never do because I know how Jesus Christ changed my life and my brokenness. But the thing that I get mad at and, and psychologically it's because it's my, it's my own baggage. I was one of those religious hypocrites. I was one of those people who went to church dying inside and put on my happy mask. And I get mad about it because I needed a safe place. And the few times, and it was few, I can't even count them on one hand. It was few times where when people said, how are you doing? And we were losing our house. And I would tell somebody, we're losing our house. And I'd see the, you know, like the, the, the wide deer in the headlights look of, I don't want to get real. Cause if you get real and talk about the stuff you're struggling with, I'm going to have to get real, talk about the stuff I'm struggling with. And what I found out was the big church I went to, if you talked about financial problems and we, and we literally, we lost everything. We were trying to help a family member and, 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 and I was young and, and I just made too many commitments and we lost our house. We lost our cars. We went through a bankruptcy. It was terrible. And in the middle of all that, I just learned to put on a mask and people let me. And the few times I said, you know, I mean, we're just struggling. It w- it did not end well. But there was a couple of people, um, one person who really wasn't very religious, but he, he said, no, honestly, how can I help you? Another guy brought us some groceries. There were a couple of people who showed me what being a believer is about. And so now that's why I step up when somebody's really hurting to say, no, honestly, you don't have to lie. Because I learned to be religious and I learned to lie and I learned to hide. I learned to cover up. And here's what it creates. It creates unbelievable fear and pressure inside mm-hmm. because God never meant for us to hold it all inside. No, no. Right. God meant for healthy people. It's sort of like, you know, family of faith is supposed to be the safest place where I can say you're hurting. Yeah, me too. Let's help each other. Instead of the family of faith being a place where people judge each other. And so that's why if you're smoking weed as you're listening to this program, man, I'm not going to judge you. You're probably getting more. You know what? I probably make more sense when people are high anyway. Maybe that's the secret. Maybe they say, man, this is profound. It's like, it's not me. It's because you live in Colorado. That's what oh, it is. There it is. There it is. All my Colorado friends. There it is. Sorry. It's the obligatory Colorado. Everybody's smoking pot. But then I'm at the parade and, and you could smell it. Apparently there was a cloud. And I was like, that's so weird. And then the next morning I'm listening to AM Talk Radio here in Denver and the hosts are like, did you smell the parade yesterday? And they were yeah. like, yeah. Well, I never saw anybody smoking pot, but apparently, I guess they hold it down low. I don't know. I never saw one person smoking pot. I did go to a concert. I was I was going through like a rough time about, you know, a couple years ago. And my therapist said, Lisa, you just need to do something fun. You just need to have fun. 
And I was like, oh my word, I, I don't even know what to do. So my good friends, um, Rodney and Sarah said, we're going to take you to see Journey. We're going to a Journey concert. Cool. We want you to have fun. I'm like, okay. So I hadn't been to anything but a Christian concert in decades. And I'm really excited because who doesn't know like all kinds of Journey songs, right? People right. our age, we know tons of Journey songs. So we get in there and it was just the craziest experience. Like the guy who sang before Journey, I can't think of his name, but he has this song where he goes, I'm a smoker, I'm a joker, I'm a midnight toker. And when he talked about being a midnight toker, whatever his name is, like everybody around me, they were smoking joints and they were no all way. Blow, oh, yeah, they were blowing it out in the air. And it's not legal to smoke publicly. I don't think still I don't think it's still legal to smoke publicly. Pot no, in I don't Colorado. Think so. But anyway, and so the lady next to me passes out and we have to get people to help carry her out. The lady in front wow. of me is dancing and she I mean, she just she she shouldn't have been dancing. I'm just going to say that about her. She just kind of was kind of. She was stoned, and then she got really sick, and she threw up. And I'm like, this is the weirdest experience of my life because everybody was smoking pot. Thanks for listening. There was no point to that story except for <laughs> I really enjoyed Journey, and I did have a good time once Journey got up on the stage. That was fun. Well, um, and, and so if I look at <laughs> what you just described, it was like, dang, I'll always remember that, right? <laughs> Think about the last religious, I use that term in quotes, thing that you went to. You, it's interesting. Um, there's a wonderful uh, little girl. She comes with her mom to my to a class I teach at, at my church, and it's open to all adults of all ages, and it's open to families. And and I was talking about a topic, and she raises her hand, which I thought was interesting, and she asked a question, and because and, I was teaching on uh, on entitlement, and she said with a real confused look on her face, "Aren't I entitled to a dad?" And I said. Well, yeah, because I knew that her dad had left when she was two and her dad blamed her. You know, your mom and I fight so much and it's really your fault. And I don't want you to grow up with your mom and I fighting so much. So I'm going to leave because it'll be better for you because he was already in love with somebody else and, and ended up marrying the somebody else. And, and he gets to be that person's dad in a different state. And she was so perplexed and she said, but I deserve a dad, right? And I kneeled down and there's, I don't know how many people there, but, you know, less than a hundred. And I, and I kneeled down where I could get eyeball to eyeball where she was sitting, literally the closest person to where I was standing and teaching. And I said, you know what? You deserved a dad. And your dad walked away and it left a hole in your heart because everybody needs a daddy to love them. And you didn't get that, but God can love you. And I said, and, and, and literally I'm just trying to fight to talk through the tears. Mm -hmm. She's crying. The whole place is crying. And so through this, talking to her about why dads leave and why it's not her fault. I said, you know something? Her name's Brianna. And I said, Brianna, I've been teaching this class for over 20 years. And I don't think anybody in this room can tell you what I taught last week, much less for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. If we could go to a church where people were maybe throwing up, maybe passing out, and maybe all kinds of stuff was happening, but it was real and it was earthy and it was transformational and there were tears and it was messy and there were people who were forgiving each other. You know what? I'd never forget. I wouldn't fall asleep in a place like that. I, I couldn't wait to get back. And maybe that's why people go to certain rock concerts because they're able to say, man, it was loud and it was proud and it was, it was powerful. 
boy, I'd want to go to a church where it was loud and proud and powerful. <laughs> wow. When people are crying and they're able to ask tough questions and we stop being religious and we take our masks, not just take them off, but we throw them away. And we say, like so many of the people you and I know in Christian broadcasting, Christian music, and the reason that we like them so much is because they're so earthy and they're so real. And they wear their brokenness out in the open where I can see it. And they tell me how I get through the day with my, without going into a rage episode because of my relationship with Jesus. And I get through the day without going back to my addiction because of my relationship with Jesus. And yes, man, amen. it's day by day, but I get yeah. through the day because of my relationship with Christ. Pray for me. I don't have my act together, but man, I sure need your prayers. Because when we go to a place like that, it changes everything. Man, I want this God that you speak of. I want this life, you know? I, I mean, it, it's such a process because, you know, I love God, Dwight, and I've loved him. I just love him. I love God. I want to talk about him. I want to write books about him. I want to speak about him. I want to be on the radio about him. I want to do a podcast about him. I want to talk to my friends about him. I want to talk to him. I want to talk about him. I want to paint a picture of him. I mean, I just love him. But it's such a process to be this American Christian God's girl to go from here to the next place to the next place. Loving God the whole time, Dwight, with people who love God, but just getting freer and freer and freer. Um, I read a scripture this morning that talked about the Israelites going around the mountain, going around the mountain, going around the mountain. Right. And God says, you've gone around the mountain long enough. I want you to turn north <laughs> and go into the promised land. And that's kind of what I want for you and me and for yeah, me for too. all of us. Yeah, not to just go around the mountain of religiosity and religion and, you know, all this weirdness, you know, but to go north into God's country and say, okay, I want to be free. I want to walk in freedom. I want to love people like you love people. And I want to, I want to talk the way you talk, God. And I, and I don't even know if I have a role model, but I don't care anymore, God. I just want to be free. And to be who you made me to be in the last days that I have on the planet. Mm. It's, it's like this fresh thing I want. I want that too. <laughs>